Hi, everybody. Brian Davis here from Royal Memorial Stadium with Danny Davis and Kirk Bowles. After Texas finishes off the regular season in style, 49-24 winners over the, what I thought were below average, Texas Tech Red Raiders. The Longhorns finished the regular season 7-5, and 5-4 in Big 12 play. Texas Tech is 4-8. and eight. But, uh, Kirk, we'll start with you. 610 yards of offense. Uh, defense played well after getting out of a 14-0 hole. But uh, overall, we'll get to the big picture in a second, but just overall, let's talk about this game. How did you think Texas uh, bounced back when they finally got going? Keyed by the big Malcolm Epps catch. Huge Malcolm Epps catch, and that did ignite them. I think they needed a play like that. Kind of, you know, give them a jolt and uh, give them a spark that they desperately needed on offense. And then, you know, it was shades of the uh, Kansas State game where they got behind 14 to nothing in the first 10 minutes and then just blew the doors off the Wildcats. Now, they didn't blow the doors off Texas Tech quite as easily because Texas Tech was moving the ball too. But, but in the second, third quarters, four touchdowns in a row and six touchdowns, in seven series, so the offense was very productive, and I thought very creative and imaginative today. Creative and imaginative, two words we haven't heard uh, described about the Texas offense. Uh, Danny Roshan Johnson, today the quarterback turned running back who wants to go back to quarterback, looked pretty good today, 105 yards on the ground. Uh, he is averaging 5.1 yards per carry for the season, but you, you wrote about this. Uh, what did you think of his his opinion that he, yes, he really does want to go back to quarterback. I mean, I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of storylines in this offseason. I think it's going to be very busy with, you know, questions about coaching, assistant coaches and, you know, players making a move to go elsewhere. But that is probably, of the players that we know are going to be here next year, the biggest storyline because on paper, Texas is going to have depth. I mean, they have two running backs in the start this upcoming uh, recruiting class, including Bajon Robinson, assuming he uh, signs, who's going to be a five-star kid and is not going to be looking to – be a backup and Keontae Ingram being back and Danny Young if he comes back that's a good senior depth in the backfield so it's going to be a question whether or not Roshan stays in that backfield and contends for staffs or you know goes back to being you know Sam's heir era you know the heir to Sam Ellinger who will be a senior next year so it'll be interesting to see where that kind of goes and where he is is during spring football he seems to want to be a quarterback even though you know he's not going to get playing time next year if he is a quarterback um, he seems to be fine with that but uh, we're gonna we're gonna see. Um, he played very well today. Stepped up when they needed um, him and Danny Young both stepped up when they needed uh, someone to step up with Keontae going going down. So great game for him. His future is a little murky, but at least uh, for Texas fans, that future is going to be in burnt orange. Absolutely, and it should be noted that Keontae Ingram uh, had two carries for 17 yards, but he sort of uh, he had a uh, reaggravation of the ankle injury that he suffered against Baylor last year. That's why Ingram was dressed but did not play uh, for much uh, of the uh, second half. So, Kirk. Uh, Again, with the defense, uh, we got a hit on the defensive line. We, we've been all over them all season long, but today they had four sacks. Uh, Coburn, Graham, Bimage, and Roach all had sacks. Jed Duffy still attempted a career-high 58 passes for 399 uh, and two touchdowns. But when, they fi- when the Texas defense finally got traction, uh, Tech really couldn't do much at all. No, they, they couldn't, and uh, I like the fact that they got fourth down stops. Uh, Three of the four times Texas Tech faced force down, Texas stopped them. They also had two takeaways in, in fumble recovery. So 
And, and in a way, that's kind of the book on a good, effective defense in the Big 12. You're not going to shut people down. You're not going to hold them to 200 yards offense. So if you can stop them on the key downs, on fourth down, a goal line stand, and have some takeaways, that's, I don't know, maybe that's the best you can hope for in this league because Jet Duffy was in a rhythm, and they were getting chunk plays uh, for a lot of the time in the in the first half, but then third quarter, it seemed like Texas kind of asserted itself and uh, you know really you know kind of got Texas Tech out of its rhythm and like I said, got the crucial stops. Right. The one play that I want to highlight here, uh, Texas Tech uh, went up twenty-one fourteen uh, on just a terrific pass by Duffy by, by from Duffy to Zukama in the in the back of the corner end zone, but then Texas came right back on its next drive. Sam Ellinger just reared back, let it fly, and their all-American candidate, but not Blitnikoff semifinalist, Devin Duvernay ran under it uh, for a 75-yard touchdown, the longest play of the season and definitely the longest scoring play of the year. And, Danny, I wanted to ask you, Devin Duvernay, six catches, 199 yards, one and one score, obviously. Again, here at the end of the regular season, can we just appreciate – what Devin has done this year, and where would this team be without him? Yeah, that touchdown that touchdown catch was his 100th reception this year. And if we had had an over-under of 50 for him before the season, I don't know of many people that would have been taking the over, even though he did move to the slot, which had um, did you know, LJ um, pretty well last season. And Devin, just, Devin proved a lot of people wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a lot of people outside that locker room, and he just had a fantastic season. He has been consistent, which may be his biggest asset throughout the entire entire uh, season. He's been healthy. Um, he did leave with a shoulder injury, but didn't seem like that was very serious at the end of the year. And, you know, he stepped up when they needed someone to step up because in addition to little Jordan leaving and some of these younger guys maybe not being ready this season, Colin Johnson's been hurt the entire – or from you know pretty much half the year, and that has really hurt this offense. So, you know, Devin's been a great um, receiver this entire year and gave a season that not a lot of people expected, and he needs to be applauded because at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to catch Shipley, uh, Shipley's 2009 season in whatever bowl game they end up in, but he's going to have the second-best season for Texas receiver, and that's that's saying a lot. I'm right there with you, Danny. I mean, it seemed like the slot position is tailor-made for Devin Duvernay because he doesn't drop balls. He's fast as hell. He's tough. He runs over Grant Delpit, the LSU safety, who's been an All-American. So he's everything you want in a slot receiver. He can move the chain. He can stretch the field. And he's just fabulous. I think he's one of the three best receivers in school history, right up there with uh, Shipley, as you mentioned, and Roy Williams. And, And you know, one thing that's interesting about him is that, you know, there's been the knock on Texas coaching staff not developing players well enough. And, and Texas receivers don't have a great track record in the next level. You know, uh, Roy was off of feast or famine. A lot of people mm-hmm. might term him a bust in the NFL. And they just haven't had the Lima Swedes and even the Quan Cosbys did not have strong careers in the NFL. This guy I think will because – I don't know what he doesn't have because I think he's got all the elements of a top receiver. I imagine him in that New England uh, offense, and boy, he's gonna he's gonna be great guns. I think at the next level. Well, absolutely. I mean, just just look at what the Cowboys did on Thanksgiving. I mean, Cole Beasley. I mean, that is Devin Duvernay yeah. out there. That, that's absolutely the Devin Duvernay thing. And then the, and then the Lions game before that, Danny Amendola, right? So the league the league wants these smaller, mm-hmm. uh, durable. As Danny said, consistent guys. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, he's tough. He's fast. He's got every quality you want. So, no, I, I think he's he's tailor-made for a whole lot of NFL offices. I think he's just got a bright future. Well, speaking of future, very good segue, Kirk. Let's talk about Texas's future, guys. Um, it, they're not going into the wilderness, I don't think, but they are going into uncharted waters. There's no doubt about that. Tom Herman and Athletic Director Chris Del Conte, uh, they've got some work to do here. There's no doubt about it. And I, and I 100% believe that they are going to do it together because these are the two guys that are the front men for the athletic department. Del Conte, again tonight, uh, confirming that he will not hire and fire assistant coaches. That is Tom Herman's job. Okay, great. But... Uh, I think all of us are expecting some sort of changes on, on some level. You can't meet the media on Monday and say that this staff is not developing players and then keep the same staff. Can't do that. So, Danny, my question to you is, what sort of changes do you think are in store? Uh, if any changes need to be made, let's put that caveat on it. What changes, if any, need to be made? And how f- quickly uh, will Texas fans see those changes? I would assume the changes are made relatively quickly because I think one thing you don't want to do is have the perception that you're stringing along or trying to fake out the recruits um, who will be signing in, in mid, mid-December. Um, so I think if any changes are made, I think Tom probably needs to you know, just pull off that Band-Aid. Um, I really don't know where you, where you go. I think any of those coaches um, you can point to and say, okay, we need to make a change there. But those coaches can also say, hey, you know, we did this well, we did this well. Hey, I didn't do well because my entire sat, my entire team, my, all my players were on the injury report and I didn't get a fair shake out of it. It's going to be tough for you know some of those guys, for, with the exception of you know, Herb Hand or Tim Beck, they've been with Tom forever and there's obviously a relationship. And it's, you know, it's easy for the fans to sit at home and say, fire this guy, fire this guy. But it's really hard to fire someone who you've been working with and has been really loyal to you. And uh, you obviously know them and their family. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to be in Tom Herman's shoes, but um, I'd say probably just for, you know, sake of shaking some things up, some changes need to be made. And it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, whether it's a big name, a la a Tim Beck, or whether it's, you know, one of the, you know, underrated guys, you know, kind of guys under, you know, behind the scenes, like a Derek Wareheim, you know, the tight end special t- teams guy, or one of their two receivers coaches who, you know, have had some hits like Devin Duvernay, but also, um, lack of development for some of the other receivers don't no doubt about it kirk i i I would i I would be shocked if herman stood pat for the for the coming year we're talking about a 44 year old head coach who in his five total years has never had to fire an assistant coach yet this will be something new for him um but but if he stood pat with this same staff that that is a major risk, seems to me, that he probably can't afford to take. No, I don't think he can. You know, and to Danny's statement, you can't let this thing linger because recruiting is almost by the minute. So I fully expect any change to be made by Sunday. Uh, I probably would think he should replace both coordinators. Uh, Tim Beck is not the guy he hired. He he kept. The, he took the play calling duties away from him. Tom Herman's doing it. So if you hire a guy to call the plays and you take that away, 
That means you don't have the total faith and trust in him. So I think they should do that. I think they should go the uh, Ed Orgeron route, hire Joe Brady, passing game coordinator from the Saints, and let him take over the passing game. I, you know, I've heard Graham Harrell's name too from Southern Cal, the the former Texas Tech quarterback and the, and the playmaker, play caller for USC if uh, Clay Helton gets fired. And, and that will probably be revealed this weekend as well. So – I mean, and the defense to me has just been very shoddy the last two years. Right. And I thought you've after, been pretty steady in this belief. Yeah, I do, and I just think he probably needs a change of scenery. And, and Tom Herman's smart enough to he can read the tea leaves. And if you don't make any changes and you don't improve, and you had another seven and five season next year, then people are going to be looking at you. Well, see to me, see to me, Danny, that that's the main issue here is that you know at Texas you only get to. Turn over your coaching staff one time, really, before they start coming after you as the head coach. So my question is, does he need to get rid of both coordinators and essentially the, the philosophies that go with them? Does he need to just change one and not the other? Um, where, where, where are you on the coordinators themselves? I disagree with the um, idea that you need to get rid of both of them. Um, Todd Orlando, while this defense hasn't been great, let me look around the Big 12 in the country. Defenses, there aren't a lot of great defenses out there. And once again, sure, you can go out and find an offensive mind, and there are some good offensive candidates out there, but which defensive coordinator are you coming in to replace the guy who, A, has been your coordinator for a long time, probably helped you get this job at Texas. You're not here without Todd Orlando. Led this team to a Sugar Bowl um, victory last year and still won seven to eight games this year So and has a year left on his contract. So... I don't necessarily think that Todd Orlando has done such a terrible job that this team needs to improve or needs to fire him. Um, a lot of his good guys have been out this year, and you know, maybe you just you know have him on a short string next year because I just don't see what's better out there than the situation you have and completely blowing every, everything up. Um, the Tim Beck question is a little bit more interesting because his deal is up, and you know, like you said, there's a lot of um, – uh, a lot of good uh, offensive minds out there, but at the same time, you know, Tim Beck has done his job. You know, you took a, you you're the one who took away the play calling from him. He's developed you know no pretty doubt. a pretty good quarterback in Sam Ellinger, and his uh, re- recruiting has been pretty good. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I I could see Tim Beck going, um, you know, stepping away, but at the same time, I'd be pretty surprised if Orlando's the one that gets the gets the axe. Absolutely. Now let's wind it up here, Kirk. Let's talk about bowls real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are several different options on the table. The, uh, the Camping World Bowl in Orlando is a possibility. The Texas Bowl in Houston, also a possibility. Uh, the Liberty Bowl in Memphis is a possibility. Although I think we all sort of feel like those first two are probably the most realistic. Yes or no? Yeah, I think so. I think the Camping World Bowl and the Liberty Bowl definitely want Texas. I think Texas Bowl is a little bit on the fence, but they were encouraged today by them putting up 49 and winning going away, so that helps their case with the Texas Bowl. But I kind of think Texas Bowl may be looking more at A&M, and I think that would preclude them you know, inviting the Longhorns. Why can't, why can't, why can't we play A&M? What's up with that? Well, are we not? Is Texas not allowed to play them? I think the SEC would say Texas is not allowed to play them. And, and are those two rivals or something? The SEC has a pool of six bowl that they and they dictate that. So uh, they do not want this rivalry to happen. Apparently now, or they don't want it to happen in a minor bowl. 
So I don't. The Texas Bowl is not minor. Let's get that straight. It sure looked minor when they were playing Missouri and Arkansas beat the stuffing out of there. And they were securing the bag. (laughs) They looked very minor (laughs) on those occasions. But uh, and you know, there's a slight chance of the Alamo Bowl, and that would be predicated on Baylor and Oklahoma both getting in New Year's Six bowls, because then the Alamo Bowl choice would come down to Texas. Oklahoma State or Iowa State, and Iowa State was there last year. Right. We'll know for, we'll know officially for sure the Sunday after Championship Saturday when Oklahoma and Baylor play in the championship game and Alabama defeats whoever in the SEC championship game. Danny, real quick, tell us about how bad you want to go to the Alamo Bowl. I have no comment. I'm, I'm going to – This is my favorite shtick of the whole post-game podcast. I'm – I'm, 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 going, I'm going home. <laughs> well, guess what, folks? We are, too. Once again, the Longhorns finished the regular season in, as Kirk said, going away fashion, 49-24 over the Texas Tech Red Raiders. The Longhorns are 7-5 and and will await their postseason destination and await the changes that are coming out of Moncrief. We will have all of it on Hook'em. Danny, go ahead. And if you have anything to do next week, the volleyball team will be in town. Postseason starts next week, so there's, there's, there's some championship action on this campus. T- Danny, tell the fans where the Longhorns are ranked. They are currently ranked number four. And uh, they're fighting for one of those you know, top, uh, top uh, four seeds, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they, can, if they can get that. Kirk, how do you think of Micaiah White's back row attacks? Splendid. <laughs> Excellent answer. Well, you can read about all of this, including men's basketball, women's basketball, everything else. You know where to find it. Hook'em.com. We appreciate all of your coverage, all of your comments, and everyone reading along with us all season long. Much more to come right here on Hook'em.com. For Danny and Kirk, I'm Brian. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.